Hey, what is going on, guys? This is DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the three-game NBA slate on Thursday. If it's your first time watching, welcome. I do make content for uh, NBA, for, for USFL, for eSports. Um, I cover prize picks. I also make videos for NBA Top Shot. Um, if you guys are looking for uh, premium content, I do offer that on patreon.com, NBA and USFL package. And if you sign up for gold, which includes everything, I also include esports covering CSGO and Call of Duty. Um, and the sponsor of today's video, guys, is Roast Umber. If you are a coffee lover, you got to give it a try. Um, I'm drinking these nitro brews basically every single day. They're phenomenal. You can use the discount code DKDFS for 20% off your order. It is linked in the description below. But all right, let's recap uh, tonight. So tonight was a two-game slate, and I told you guys maybe two videos. Like, take a stand, right? Both games had some blowout risks. So what I did was I played for the blowout in the first game, and it worked pretty well. Uh, but I played lighter than usual just because uh, for this this was my breakdown of it. For single-entry players, it was a tough slate because obviously both games had blowout risk. I feel like if you were an MME player it was a lot easier uh, to do well tonight specifically just because, you know, you could build your lineups with how, you know, how you think the night goes, right? So if you're playing for the ball in the first game, you know, you can, you know, play some value plays in that game and stack the second game. If you're playing for the ball in the second game, you know, right, you know, all those situations. So as a single entry player, it's a little bit tough. But my stance was, again, I stacked the uh, the late or the yeah, the late game. Um, played lighter than usual, but still had a great night. It's been a really really good playoffs for for myself and a lot of Patreon members as well. Even cashed a showdown slate with Austin Rivers. I played Boogie Cousins in the captain. That obviously went extremely well. But let's go over my lineup. Looks like I just dropped like another ten bucks again. I only played uh, about a little on a hundred dollars in action tonight, so definitely played lighter than usual, but. I finally play Andrew Wiggins. Fine. I mean, you know, like since I have started this channel, I have been so anti Andrew Wiggins. When I started this channel back in 2018, in the preseason, it's been anti Andrew Wiggins. And a couple times I played him, every time is just awful. He plays like 22 minutes tonight. I mean, he's been averaging third, like low to mid 30s minutes. I finally buy in, looking like a great night. Gary Payton, 30 minutes, and Otto, like, come on, right? Just, God, that was so tilting. And obviously, Io playing, like, five minutes in the first half, like, okay. Uh, that obviously was not uh, expected. But, yeah, I didn't get off Kobe White with him not starting. Um, so, I played just three value guys in the early game. I was playing for the blowout. It was a little bit annoying. Like, the game was, <laughs> it was like a 30-point game in early in the second quarter. I'm like, yes, this game is clearly over. And then, like, Chicago just, like, hung around enough so, like, the starters played the full run and Vucevic had to get, like, you know, some guys got there. Vuce had a big game. Very happy for Vucevic. You know, I played in back-to-back -back slates, like, 30 fancy points, like a 50 bomb for him. But I did avoid Chalk DeRozan and Chalk Giannis. They were both massive busts of their price points. But, um, yeah, Aaron Gordon started the game with, like, 30 fancy points. He ended with, like, 30 fancy points. Literally did nothing. For Denver to... Like, Aaron, like, he had to be way more aggressive in the second half. Like, like he was in the first half. I don't know why he wasn't. Maybe it was because he was using his energy on defense to defend stuff. But, yeah, he was, like, it was going great because he was very aggressive. Like, they had the high-low game with Jokic Gordon. And then he just disappeared offensively in the second half. I think partly due to just trying to defend uh, Steph Curry. Draymond was fine. Again, Jokic an absolute smash, 70 fancy points. I had a core of Pat Connaughton, Jokic, Kobe White, and then, unfortunately, Io, but... 
he is 80% in this contest, higher, higher owned in the higher stakes. So as he went up uh, in stakes, Io got um, even more popular, as he should have been. He was a good value, just a little bit unfortunate with the minutes. Weird rotation there for Billy Donovan. But um, then I used Wiggins and Clay. I was debating Wiggins and Clay versus Stefanato. I went Wiggins and Clay. I think I slightly outperformed Stefanato. But um, yeah, that is it for the look back, guys. Hope you had a good night. Um, this was the winning lineup in the Hall of Famer. It was Io, White, Gordon, Draymond. Oh, my! literally my exact lineup. I didn't even realize that. So had I entered the Hall of Famer, I would have won it. Um, so, hey, that's that's good to see. Well, ownership, Io again, 92%, right? So everyone but one in, in this one uh, played Io. Kobe White, 100%. Not a big shock there. Draymond, popular. Jokic, relatively popular. Content about 50%. Um, who did Justin play? He probably stacked the first game. Yeah, Boogie. Uh, he played Boogie, but yeah, Steph was fine. Um, Javante. Okay. Javante Green, dude. Is he? Chalk Javante Green. Seven steals. Just let that kind of soothe in your mind for a bit. Seven steals. For Chalk Javante Green. There, there was 40 steals in that game. Wes Matthews and Javon Carter both had like five steals each. I mean, come on, right? Five, seven steals for Javante Green at high ownership. That tilted me so much. But, all right, guys, that's it for the look back. Um, let's talk about this three-gamer. Possibly one of the last three-game slates we could have. So, um, start off with Philadelphia and Toronto. I mean, Philadelphia looked awful last game. Now they got to go on the road against Toronto. Embiid at 10-4, I think, is playable. He hasn't looked like himself. Um, Toronto's done a very good job defending him. They've been doubling him a lot. So right now, more of a contrarian play. I think I would prefer getting to Harden over Embiid. Harden a little bit cheaper, also shooting guard eligibility. Had a really bad game last game. I would think Harden comes out a little more aggressive in this game. So do have some interest in Harden. Tobias has actually been pretty consistent for the 76ers. He's also basically playing the entire game. So kind of indifferent on him. Um... He'll probably get you somewhere around 30 to 40 fancy points. Maxi's been up and down. He had two really good games. Um, and then it's kind of cooled off of late. He's still playing huge minutes, though. So still, I think you can look to him in a tournament setting. Now, there's no Athibal because they're playing on the road. So Danny Green at 4-4. Unfortunately, is in play. Now, uh, last game on the road against Toronto, did only play 28 minutes. They put uh, Niang a little bit more. So there's no guarantee in the huge minutes for, for Green. I would think, though... He probably plays a minimum of like 25 if he plays well. He could play something like this where he plays close to the entire game like he did three games ago. So with Danny Green, it's not a fun roster. It's not at all. But um, he'll have some open lucks. Whether or not he can make those threes, that I can't tell you. But he'll have some lucks. He'll probably play at least 25 or so minutes. If you think Green struggles, you can possibly look to contrarian Niang, who did play 22 minutes in that game where Green kind of got limited. So um, just a large field tournament play there with Niang. I don't think I can consider anyone else. You'll see a little bit of back of five run for Paul Reed, um, but I don't know if it's necessary to go there on this slate. On the Toronto side, so Van Fleet is closer to the doubtful side. Now, here's what I'll say again. I do not trust Nick Nurse. We called it with Scotty Barnes being doubtful a couple states ago. I just, I can, I actually would would say, if I had to say put money on it right now, I think Van Fleet plays because they always do this. So I don't trust Nick Nurse whatsoever. I'm just going to say that right now. But if Van Fleet does not play, 
then it's going to open up a lot of things for Toronto. So number one, Siakam would be a very safe play at the top, would do a lot of the ball handling, almost had a triple-double last game. He would make for a very safe play. You would get more usage for the likes of OG and, and Gary Trent and uh, injured Scotty Barnes. And then you would get more minutes for these cheap guys like Achua, Young, Boucher. Um, so Van Fleet News is huge to keep an eye on. Um, the mid-range guys, OG, Trent, Barnes. Barnes probably looks like the, the best to get to. However, he doesn't look like himself. He's clearly clearly hampered out there. But he did play 41 minutes. So I think he looks like a decent option. Trent, a little bit more of a boomer bust play dependent on scoring, but should play big minutes. And then OG, kind of just like there. He'll play around 40 minutes. So all three of the mid-range guys are fine for me. If there's no Van Fleet, then uh, these value plays become uh, definitely interesting. Achua played well against Embiid. Did have kind of an outlier game, but has gone for 30-plus now in two of the last three. So I think he's a fair value play. Don't know if we can expect 30 again from him, though. Thad Young was massive chalk last slate. The thing I love about playoffs are, you know, um, you see a lot of overreactions. Now, I still played Thad Young, but he was like 50%. Thad Young should not have been 50% in that situation because... We know Toronto kind of goes with a hot hand with him and Boucher and Achua. So um, there have been a lot of situations where you can uh, take advantage of that for playoffs. There's you know way more so in the um, playoffs uh, than the regular season. Like I said, it's kind of like the old days of DFS where people overreact to one game. So um, playoffs have been super, super successful for me for that reason because of the massive overreactions. But yeah, Chris Boucher, I think he plays somewhere you know around 15 to 20 minutes. He's the best point per minute guy of that group of him, Thad, and Achua. Um, but I think Achua has the best bet to play the most if he can stay out of foul trouble. And then if you see Ken Burch start, I'm not going to play him at 3-1. He's just not going to play enough minutes for me to consider him. All right, Phoenix and New Orleans. So uh, Devin Booker, keep an eye on this. They already have him ruled out, but he said they could return if necessary. Um, if I had to guess, I would say he doesn't play in this game and that uh, he returns for game seven if, if they need him. But if there's no Booker, I think Chris Paul, once again, makes for a great option at the top. Should play around 40 minutes. Um, yeah, he would look really good. Now, if Booker plays, then I don't really like Paul as much. So that's pretty big news. And Booker, you know, if potentially if he does play, would really affect the value as well. So it's it's huge news for Booker. And I think it's close to 50-50. DeAndre Ayton at 7-9 um, kind of just looks okay. As, uh, you know, had a couple subpar games recently. Uh, had a massive game uh, three games ago, going for 60. So the upside is there with Aiden. Bridges had an outlier game last game. Um, went for 51 fancy points by 47 minutes. So basically didn't leave the court. Um, again, he's playing massive minutes. He's a great defender. Um, I think he's a safe play. He's probably not going to kill you. I don't think he goes for anywhere close to 50 again, though. Cam Johnson, uh, if there's no Booker and he starts again, I think he's a fair value play. Played 37 minutes last game. However, he did have massive Jay Crowder foul trouble. So... I think on average, we probably get low 30s minutes from Johnson, but I still think that makes him a good value. Jay Crowder, like I said, got in huge foul trouble, only played 22 minutes. Um, I like both Crowder and Johnson if there is no uh, Devin Booker. I'll mention campaign, 3.6K. Um, only played 12 minutes, but also uh, was in massive foul trouble and fouled out, and they've been closing with him down the stretch. So at 3.6K, I think campaign, if there's no Booker, makes for a, a decent value play. McGee's only 3-5. For some reason, they dusted off Bismack Biombo. Um, Okay. So McGee only played nine minutes. If McGee goes back to, you know, 12 to 15, clearly the ceiling is there. So um, I like his, I like his upside, and uh, he's only 3-5. So not a cash game play, but I do think McGee is, you know, McGee is a pretty similar play to like a Boogie Cousins tonight, right? 
great point per minute guy. And for some reason, he gets a little bit of extended run due to, again, Jokic got in massive foul trouble and injured his hamstring. You saw more run for Boogie. Well, you saw what Boogie did. He went for almost, like, I think he went for almost 30 fancy points. So that's the type of upside McGee has. I don't know if I can get, get to anyone else. Sham at 3-4 is just so bad, but did play 25 minutes. You did see a little bit of Aaron Holiday. Not enough for me to consider him. Like I said, you saw a little bit of Bismack Biombo. Not enough for me to go there. So let's move on to New Orleans. On the New Orleans side, do or die time at home. Ingram, CJ are going to play massive minutes. Um, I think both are fair options. You got Ingram at 9K, CJ at 8-6. I don't think either are a priority, but both are going to play big, big minutes. The guy I like the best here is my boy. Jonas Valanciunas uh, played 32 minutes last game, did get in some foul trouble, played very well, and the rotations are different, right? He's back to playing, you know, at least 30 minutes unless he gets into in big, big foul trouble. So um, I like JV quite a bit uh, at 7-5. Again, great rebounder, and uh, if we're going to continue to get, you know, 32 to 35 minutes, uh, he does feel a little bit too cheap. Herbert Jones, 5-1. Uh, I don't think I can pay that price point for him. Would rather go to the Phoenix Wings uh, at a similar price point. Um, Nance, I think is playable. He should play around 20 minutes. They have been playing some of Nance playing alongside Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, he'll play a small ball five, probably close the game too. Um, so I think Nance is a fair contrarian value play. Don't think it's much ownership, but, um, he is cheap. And then of this grouping of Alvarado, Graham Murphy and Hayes, Alvarado, probably your best bet just because I think he plays the most minutes. He's a good defender. He's been bugging Chris Paul. So if I had to take a shot in one of those other guys, I think it would be Alvarado. And finishing up with Dallas and Utah. So Luka Doncic, 11K, I think makes for a great spend up. He's going to play, in my opinion, close to 40 minutes. So uh, I think Luka looks really, really good at the top. Brunson at 7-2. I'm just going to prefer other plays. I, I know we can still have a decent game playing alongside Luka, but I would rather go elsewhere. Dinwiddie, the minutes are way down on him, so I can't go to Dinwiddie. Um, we know we're getting out of Dwayne Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock. Most likely, 25 fancy points. They're going to play huge minutes. And again... Dwayne Finney-Smith has been so consistent. 28, 23, 35, 25, 27. And it's not because he's been super productive. It's because he's basically playing the entire game. And then Reggie Bullock, basically the same thing. He's been, he got ejected this game, but he's basically getting a 25 fancy points. So uh, you want 25 fancy points? Play Dwayne Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock. You're probably not getting much less. You're probably not getting much more. Uh, Max Kleba, 4K, I do think is playable in a large field tournament. Um, the minutes have been down on him a bit, but I think if he comes off the bench and, and nails a couple threes, uh, like he did a couple games ago, they could extend him. So in tournaments, I think he's viable. Dwight Powell's only 3-7. He actually played a little bit more than I thought last game. So um, he does get a bump with playing alongside Luka just because he gets those easy alley-oops from Luka. So I, I guess you can consider him. Like if I knew Powell's going to play 20 minutes again, I think he's viable, but I'm not touching anything else on Dallas. And finally, Utah. So... Donovan Mitchell got a little bit banged up. It looks like he'll be good to go. Um, so, uh, you know, there's some risk with the injury, but I assume we're getting, you know, big, big minutes for Mitchell here. Do or die time for the Jazz. He should play, you know, around 40 minutes. So at the top end, I think Mitchell makes for a decent option. Gobert at 7-7. Seven, seven, um, he's most likely playing around 35 minutes, kind of just like a fair play. Clarkson has played extremely well in the playoffs. He's arguably been their best player for the Jazz. However, the price point is now up to a point where a little bit hard for me to prioritize Clarkson. Um, you know, Conley has really struggled outside of the one game I played. I kind of got lucky and got the good Conley game. Other than that, he's been really, really bad. Um, and they've been, getting, they've been giving Clarkson more minutes than Conley. Now, I do think if Conley plays well, they most likely close with him. But 
I think, uh, you know, if Clarkson, if Conley continues to struggle and Clarkson plays well, they could very easily close with Clarkson over Conley. And then don't get me started here, right? O of nine shooting when I played Bojan, three fantasy points. Three. Basically has shown a floor of like 20 plus every single night. Three. So here's what I'll say. You're going to get overreactions, right? You're going to get lower ownership in Bojan than he should get. Could care less. Obviously, I'm tilted about what happened last game. That will not affect my decision-making for tomorrow whatsoever. If it does, you're doing DFS wrong. If you're saying, oh, I'm never playing Bojan again because he got me three fancy points, you're going to be a losing DFS player. So um, I don't care if Bojan had a bad game last game. I still think he's a good option at 5-6. In a competitive game, he's going to play around 40 minutes as long as there's no foul trouble. My only concern with him really is for some reason they're defending uh, Luca with Bojan. Like, put Royce O'Neal on Luca. Why are you, like, one of your better offensive players, you're wasting his energy on Luca. Like, throw Royce O'Neal on Luka Doncic. Um, but, yeah, Bojan, I think, is, is still a good option. He'll be lower owned than he should be because of recency bias last game. Royce O'Neal, 4-3. Again, he's going to play around 30 minutes. He doesn't do much offensively, so it's it's not a fun roster at all. Um, white side at three, three, basically again. So you, you have white side, you have McGee, you have boogie cousins. It's the Spider-Man Jeff, right? We're all looking, they're the same. They're high usage bigs off the bench. They're going to play, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. So, um, white side even got ejected last game. He'll be productive when he's in the court. Probably not going to play more than 10 to 12 minutes unless you get a go bear foul trouble. And I'll mention Dan Wellhouse at three, four. He played 23 minutes last game, did play in the blowout. I don't think you need to go here, but he most likely plays around 15 or so minutes, possibly more if he shoots well, but um, I don't think it's necessary to do that in this slate. So that's going to wrap it up for the video, guys. Uh, if you have been enjoying the content, if you do like the videos, just make sure to uh, subscribe, hit the like button and notification bell. But yeah, enjoy the rest of your night, guys, and I will see you all in the next one.